Zone 2. Thank you to all our monthly subscribers for your continued support. We have an important announcement. Digital Cuba is officially a 501c3 nonprofit. We are now fundraising for 2019, and our goal is to digitize four parishes this year. You can donate on PayPal. The link is in the show notes. We will also add a donate button to the Facebook page as well. If you have any fundraising ideas, please email us at digitalcuba.org at gmail.com. Thank you, and we are very excited to begin this digitization project. We added a new cemetery for Kamakwani. Thank you to Bill for his efforts in getting cemeteries online. You can find the Kamakwani on findagrave.com. There were only about 15 records uploaded, but the cemetery is now officially listed. If you know that your ancestor is buried there or at any cemetery in Cuba, go to that cemetery page and add your ancestor as a photo request. All photo requests get top priority as the cemetery digitization project moves forward. And now on to the podcast. We are discussing Chinese ancestry in your Cuban family tree. I honestly thought this was going to be an easy podcast to research, and boy was I wrong. As you listen, keep in mind that there were Chinese immigrants coming in to Cuba, not only from various parts of China, but from California as well, and also migrating out later. We are covering a few topics in this podcast. The history of Chinese immigration into Cuba, the Chinese cemetery in Havana, an archaeological project in Artemisa, and how this connects to DNA testing in your family history. Did you catch all of that? I have included my research list for this podcast in the show notes, but if any listeners have any additional knowledge, we can always do a Chinese ancestry follow-up in a future podcast. So let's start with a little history. I'd like to share some highlights from the Cuban Encyclopedia, which is available to the Library of Congress. Chinese immigration to Cuba started in 1847, when Spanish settlers brought in Cantonese contract workers to work the sugar fields. Hundreds of thousands of Chinese workers were brought in during the following decades to replace the labor of African slaves. The first ship brought 200 Chinese immigrants to Cuba. So keep this into historical context. The African slave trade started to decline in the 1800s, and importing workers from China was practically another form of slavery. Living conditions for Chinese workers was not ideal. These workers exhibited a higher rate of mortality, and the suicide rate was 100 times greater than other ethnic groups. Eventually, abuses were reported back to China. The Chinese government conducted an investigation. They suspended all immigration from China from 1874 to 1877, when the negotiations were renewed between China and Spain. After completing eight-year contracts, the Chinese immigrants generally settled permanently in Cuba, where their descendants have since intermarried with local Cubans. 2,000 Chinese fought with the rebels in Cuba's Ten Years' War. A monument in Havana honors the Cuban Chinese who fell in the war, on which is inscribed, There was not one Cuban Chinese deserter, not one Cuban Chinese traitor. Let's continue. Unlike that of Argentina and other Latin American countries, the overseas Chinese population of Cuba was once large, but the now diminished Chinese Cuban community is today clustered around the Barrio Chino, called Barrio Chino de la Havana. After 1959, many Chinese Cuban entrepreneurs fled the country for the United States. Since the 1960s, Cuba has not attracted very many, if any, Chinese immigrants. Only one Chinese-language newspaper, Kuang Hua Po, remains in Cuba. 
and I hope I pronounced that correctly. Havana's Chinatown was formerly among the largest in Latin America, as the neighborhood comprised 44 square blocks during its prime. And now on to the Cementerio Chino. In Havana, located diagonally across from the street of the Necropolis Colon, is the Cementerio Chino. There are efforts to preserve the cemetery and get those cemetery records posted online so that descendants can research their Cuban-Chinese roots. I'm referring to Mis Raices at MyChinaRoots.com. There's an active group of Cuban-Chinese dedicated to preserving Chinese culture in Cuba. They were able to raise funds to preserve the main cemetery, and again, they would like to publish cemetery records online so that researchers with Chinese ancestry in Cuba can locate their ancestors easily. They have a website, it's in English and Spanish, and you can find that link in the show notes. It would be difficult to list these records on Find-A-Grave. At the moment, Find-A-Grave doesn't have any ability for users to add records using Chinese characters. I found this out by researching for cemeteries in mainland China. Uh, there are a few listed with only a few names, some Canadians, some Australians that are buried in a foreign cemetery, for example. So at this time, there are not many Chinese ancestors globally on Find-A-Grave. I think this is so interesting, especially since there's so much interest in Chinese diaspora. In the CIA 2008 Country Factbook, they list Cuba as having about 114,000 Chinese in Cuba, comprising 1% of the overall Cuban population, but stating only that about 300 of them are of pure Chinese descent. So let's take a look at some few distinctive immigration waves and special dates on the Chinese immigration timeline. 1847 to 1877. So 1847 was the first boat that the first ship that had arrived uh, in Cuba. Uh, so I consider this 1847 to 1877 to be wave one. There are different numbers that I came up with in my research some stating there were 40,000 in this time period and some saying 125,000. I tend to be on the conservative side and say there were probably about 40,000 Chinese immigrants that came in during this 30-year period. In 1860, a royal decree was issued that officially made the Chinese worker migration legal. So I don't know from 1847 to 1860 if this was a quiet immigration wave that they kept the ships quiet I'm not sure but it was officially legal in 1860. 1868 to 1878 2,000 Chinese fought in the Ten Years War but during that time period from 1874 to 1877 immigration was suspended for these three years due to the poor working conditions for the Chinese immigrants. During the late 1800s about 5,000 Chinese immigrants moved to the United States to avoid discrimination I can't imagine what discrimination in Cuba would look like at that time and what it would be like for an immigrant of Chinese descent to move to the U.S. during this time and what discrimination they would face there. In 1898, during the War for the Independence, there were three Chinese Cuban generals. However, a few Chinese Cubans who were loyal to Spain moved to Spain during this time. At the turn of the century, Cuba saw another wave of Chinese migrants, many coming from California. In 1920s, an additional 30,000 Cantonese arrived in Cuba. By the 1950s, the Chinese community starts to decline. And from 1915 on, many Chinese Cubans would move to the U.S., Puerto Rico, and the Dominican Republic. Another interesting story related to Chinese immigration is the 2012 discovery of an abandoned or lost Chinese cemetery in Artemisa, discovered not far from a power plant in that province. 
They brought in a professor from a Chinese university to help decipher some of the tombstones, as well as document some of the symbolism of the cemetery. It was based on Buddhist beliefs. You can read more about that interesting preservation story at MyChinaRoots.com, also in the show notes. So how does Cuban DNA play into all of this? According to a 2008 Cuban DNA study, they only found about 1.5% of modern Cuban population of having Chinese ancestry. One of the focuses of this report was mitochondrial DNA. Through mitochondrial DNA, we can trace the family history on your mother's genetic line. This investigation found 23 African mitochondrial haplogroups, 5 Native American, 17 European, and 0 Asian mitochondrial haplogroups. These findings make sense since the Chinese immigrants were reportedly 99.5% male. So there would be a very little, if no, Chinese mitochondrial DNA in Cuba. Inter interestingly enough, for the male lines, defined by looking at the Y DNA in the Cuban samples. The Y DNA shows two Chinese haplogroups, N slash O and O2. You can find a link to the 2008 Cuban DNA study in the show notes. So let's do a quick recap of Chinese immigration to Cuba. The main wave of Chinese immigrants came from about 1847 to 1874. There was a three-year suspension period. Then it started back up in 1877. Wave two happened from 1877 to 1898. You then have some Cuban Chinese uh, leaving Cuba, going to the US, Dominican Republic, and to Spain. In the 1920s, 30,000 more Chinese would immigrate to Cuba. By the 1950s, the population began to decline, with many Chinese leaving the island in 1959 and going forward. Most Chinese Cubans speak Mandarin, Cantonese, Hakka, and the mixture of Chinese and Spanish. You've, if you've heard of Spanglish, the mixing of English and Spanish, just imagine mixing Chinese with Spanish. So thank you for listening to the Cuban Genealogy Podcast. Tune in next time for more Cuban genealogy. We have coming up in a future podcast, Hershey Corporation, the Hershey Sugar Plantation in Cuba, where we'll be discussing Irish ancestry. So tune in. And thank you again for listening. I'm your host, Brian Tascobello.